Hello. I've been meaning to record a new episode for quite a while now. The title of this episode is going to be The Internet is Stupid. And I want to talk about a few of my concerns with the internet as it is today. And it's based a lot on my own personal experience. So it might not go for you. In fact, you might be very satisfied with the internet because you might have much better habits established around using the internet than I do. Um, So the first thing I just want to talk about, about why the internet is stupid, is uh, the attention aspect. So the modern day internet has this really weird effect where when you sit down at a computer and you start using it, you do not know where you're going to end up. You could end up on some Dwight Schrute fan club Instagram account. Uh, You could end up on some deeply nested set of Wikipedia articles about, you know, the Mount Helena volcano eruption, you know, back 30, 40 years ago. You have no idea where you're going to end up. And that's one of the most wonderful things about the internet. But it's also one of the things that absolutely sucks because when you are sitting down to do some work, you're not sure if you're going to actually get that work done because you could open a page to do some research, do a quick Google search, realize the problem's a little bit harder than you thought it was at first, and then uh, open up another tab to get a quick dopamine fix. You know, go on Twitter, go on Instagram, just really quick to see what's up over there. And, you know, you'll get back to work, you know, in just a second. And before you know it, a whole hour has passed or maybe a whole day has passed, depending on how, you know, tired and unfocused you are. And, um, you know, in that moment, because, uh, of course, it's a lot easier to get distracted when you're unfocused or tired in the first place. Um, And then you finally get back to work and it's even harder than it was before because now you've kind of already gotten, you know, your reward um, and you still have more work to do and you've just kind of expended your attention over, you know, the, the last hour or the last two hours or whatever it is. So my idea about this is kind of like, well, what if, um, and I'm not saying this as like a real suggestion, but like, what if the internet was divided and it was explicitly divided. There was like, you know, one type of device you'd have to buy, like a a separate laptop just for work. And all it could open was work sites. All it could open was work apps. That's it. And then there was another one for time wasting. And, you know, all that could do was open Reddit and Twitter and, you know, whatever news site you visit, uh, you know, for fun. And, Uh, And then the other one was maybe like for research, right? And so that one's kind of like, you know, maybe you're going to do a little bit of like rabbit hole digging, you know, maybe you're not going to stay 100% focused, you know, but for the most part, it's going to kind of guide you back towards the path you were on. So if you're on Wikipedia and you go down a rabbit hole about, you know, archaeology, if you get too far off topic, that computer is designed to bring you back on topic and to kind of steer you back in the right direction. Um... And it'll warn you, you know, if you're spending too much time on time-wasting sites. And the work computer will actually, like, you know, lock you out of certain apps, 
you know, if you spend too much time on them, right? So if you open Twitter, maybe it'll let you open it, you know, for a few minutes. But if you spend too long on there, boom, that app's just totally discontinued for you. The internet's completely cut on it, and you have to just get back to your word processor. Um, so I guess that's, um, that, that's my basic idea for like something that could, that could help is just thinking about those different types of devices and what those might look like and what using them might look like. Because if you did have um, those devices being, you know, being separate, uh, imagine what you could accomplish because you'd have all of this amazing power of the internet. Um, but you would have none of the drawbacks of it kind of sucking away your attention, which is kind of what it's been designed to do very specifically by a bunch of these different, you know, quote-unquote social sites or social apps. Um, so you could basically go on there. You could, you know, look up, you know, how do I build, you know, like a, a rocket ship that's going to fly into the stratosphere <laughs> and you could just download the instruction for that and get off of the internet and go and build that thing, right? That big project that you've been dreaming of or that you think you, you, know, you really want to do, if there was some kind of limit, some kind of way to control your attention, you really could do almost anything you wanted. Uh, you, could, you could learn how to do almost anything. So that's the first thing, is just kind of the attention trap of the internet. I know, you know, as a culture, we've been grappling with this for, you know, ever since the internet came out. Um, but I'm just kind of thinking about it afresh for myself because I've been struggling with it lately a little bit more. So the next thing I want to talk about, about why the internet sucks, is about the power balance, about how um, pretty much all content has kind of been focused around these social platforms that have been created. So Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, uh, you know, WhatsApp, you know, whatever chat app you use, how all of these specifically designed, like, very um, globally distributed, but, like, also very, like, tightly focused, tightly controlled apps, um, you know, are pretty much 90% of the internet for, you know, a lot of people. Um, and they don't really, I mean, people might branch out from them, you know, you, you might just do a, a Google search or, or 20 Google searches a day, right? So you're going to still branch out from, you know, maybe the, the locked boxes of the, you know, the normal so social networks. But I guess I'm just wondering, like, why, why are, is the, the attention of people so much gravitated towards these, like, these really powerful social networks? And I think, you know, of course, part of it is just that everyone else is there. So if, if you want to talk to people, you actually have to go where people are hanging out. And I think that's, you know, honestly, the main reason. Um, I don't think it's because people overwhelmingly love Facebook um, or love its design or its interface or, or even that it brings them a lot of joy, um, necessarily. I think for the most part, it's just, well, everyone's there. So if I want to talk to people, I have to go there. And so it's just kind of this like double down effect that like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or whatever, you know, <laughs> whoever created the particular app you're using, they figured out, 
well, you know, we could have the best content, we could curate the best news, we could hire the best writers, or we could just make a gathering place for people to come. And if you don't have the audience, it doesn't matter, right? You could have the best content, the best, you know, engaging videos. If you don't have the audience, it doesn't matter. And that's what really matters to people, whether, you know, you're... Um, you know, just uh, someone looking to connect with their friends, or you're like a big content producer, the audience is really all that matters at the end of the day. Um, so it's interesting that, you know, they figured that out, they optimized their platforms, you know, to, to just get as many people on them as possible. And then once they had that, um, you know, even though it's a lot easier to switch these days uh, to, a, to a new social network or a new platform, it is kind of a pain, you know, to get off of Facebook or to get off of Instagram. So you kind of are, are a little bit stuck there. So I guess what why my, my, I understand, I guess, from this perspective, like why people are on these, you know, powerful, concentrated networks. But I guess I still think that the Internet sucks because of them. <laughs> um, it's kind of a, you know, it's a catch-22. I can't really do anything about it. But I guess what I'd like to see is that, um, you know, people uh, have the desire to be themselves, to be unfiltered, to be not kind of stuck in an algorithm. Because right now, I mean, if you post something and it's, you know, a political opinion or, or you know, it's a, a controversial opinion or it's like a piece of poetry, if it doesn't you know, get a like or two or, you know, a heart or two within the first hour or two, it's not going to go anywhere. And I say this as, as someone who writes poetry and, you know, prefers sharing controversial opinions online, uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, uh, family photos or something like that. And, I, you know, I love family photos. I love cat pictures. I love, you know, everything that these social networks are. But the fact is, is that they're optimized right now like specifically around things that are going to get likes. And so it's non-confrontational, non-controversial, you know, non... Uh, it's like, it's stuff that's just going to get people to appreciate it and as quickly as possible. And that's what's going to take off on those platforms. And so I'm not saying like if you, if you sit down and you create, you know, a beautiful video about all of your... Um, you know, all the work you've done volunteering for, you know, a specific group, that that's not going to get likes, right? It is, but I'm just saying that, um, you know, what's going to more likely get likes is something that kind of, like, everyone can just... Not that everyone couldn't agree that that was good. That's a bad, <laughs> that's a bad example. But what I'm saying is, like, that's not even going to be as engaging as, you know, someone's, uh, like, a baby's first steps or... Um, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like, like, <laughs> like a family vacation or something like that, right? Like people are going to more, it's more easy to like that, right? You don't have to watch it. You don't have to feel like you, you have to, um, you know, really understand it or engage it or process it. You just like it. And so that's what these platforms are, are optimized for. And so if you're not, you know, posting the type of content that the algorithm likes, you're basically filtered, ignored, and pushed, pushed off the feed. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, I want there to be all kinds of controversial opinions. I just want to be able to go to someone's, you know, page or someone, you know, someone I follow 
and just see them unfiltered, right? I just want to see um, people as they are. And I feel like social networks are not optimized for this at all. And so I would just like, I don't know, my ideal internet is like, um, you have just web pages, and each web page is, you know, someone's individual page that they designed themselves, that they built themselves, and they can put whatever they want up there, and they can post updates as much as they want, and they can use whatever color scheme they want, you know, kind of like MySpace back in the day. Um, and I honestly think that, like, we might have traded MySpace for, for Facebook a little bit too early. Because I, you know, I was one of those people that was like, oh, Facebook is cool, it's nicely designed, it's simple, it's easy to understand. Like, My, MySpace was a nightmare, you know, <laughs> back when Facebook was taking over. Everyone had their own pages, the layouts were wonky, you know, the colors were weird. But, I mean, at least it was creative and at least we were learning, right? I mean, there were people who were learning how to use the internet, how to change colors, how to add, you know, animations. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of web developers, including me, got started on these early platforms learning how to code, learning how to, you know, kind of, you know, flip the, the bits of the code to, to make it do what we wanted it to do. And I, I felt like that was a really good learning experience. And maybe if MySpace had kind of stuck to that platform of expressing your individual individuality and, you know, really doubled down on that, maybe by now, you know, people would have these like beautiful, gorgeous looking websites and, you know, the kind of like old aesthetic, you know, that MySpace used to represent of this kind of like crazy, you know, zany, like you know, rainbow gifts, you know, just like all over the place, maybe that would have kind of gradually drifted away, you know, and uh, we just have like, we just have created a bunch of new, awesome, amazing web designers and web developers who, you know, really loved curating their own personal website, their own personal platform. And you could just kind of see their individuality baked into their presence on the internet instead of, um, you know, if you go to like a Facebook profile, like most Facebook profiles, you know, like they don't look anything like, you know, the person. Like it's just like a photo of them. And that's like the way they get to express, you know, express individuality. And then the rest is just like Facebook's Chrome, right? Facebook's design, Facebook's cruft around your web presence and they give you these little spots where you can you know put in your own content or upload your own photos but like a lot of it is just like facebook right and it makes it easier to na navigate you know than like a custom designed website you know where everything is you know you you find yourself reaching for the notification button you know before <laughs> your mind even realizes it and that's because everything's familiar everything's natural so i get why it's popular i get why even you know i enjoy using facebook but I do wish that there was more individuality out there, more, um, more learning, I guess, about the, about the web and how to use it and how to kind of bend it to our individual, individual um, personalities. I, just, I, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, so that's reason number two why I think the internet sucks. Um, or is stupid, sorry. <laughs> um, the next thing I want to touch on is creating. So creating content is incredibly hard. And I'd say the number one reason why it's hard is probably the, the first point I made about being distracted. 
right? You go on the internet or you go on your computer to create something. You know, it could even just be like a two-minute video animation with like a little bit of text and content, you know, and audio recorded by you. And it turns out, you know, it's going to take you five weeks to do that because you get distracted, you know, there's some other work that you should have been working on, you end up checking an email and that ends up taking you, you know, down some rabbit hole of things that you forgot you should have been doing or should have been focusing on. And then, you know, two weeks later, you finally learn which program, which video program you need, you know, how to install it, how to, how to edit the video in it, um, you know, how to add the audio, how to stitch the, them together. And it takes you five weeks when, you know, really, if you had found the right tutorial from the start, you could have been up and running within, you know, five hours, right? Like, no problem, five hours, if you had the right tutorial, you had the right, um, you know, content, and, you know, you limited all of those distractions, which, of course, the distractions are the hard part. Um, but, uh, I guess what I'm really, like, thinking and like wondering about is like, okay, even though, you know, the distractions are one thing, I think it's like, it's good to kind of think about how much you really could do if you did have that focus. Um, because really like the whole world is open to us right now. It's, it's overwhelming, but like, if you really did want to learn about how to build a rocket ship, you could, like you could go online and you could research that and I'm sure you could find some kind of guide for building a rocket ship in your backyard. You know, and maybe you shouldn't launch it, right? But like, uh, or, you know, check with, you know, your local authorities before you launch it. But like, I mean, isn't that so cool that we like, that we have access to all of this science, all of this engineering, all of this, uh, you know, information about how to create content, how to create, you know, uh, how to do marketing, how to, you know, build our own business, all right, uh, you know, at our fingertips. And really, like, if you set a goal right now for something that you wanted to do, like, no matter what it was, something you wanted to learn or something you wanted to do, pretty much anything you could think about, you could probably do it or learn enough about it to do it in about four to eight weeks. Like, it really wouldn't take that long. I mean, unless we're talking about, you know, really advanced concepts you know, like <laughs> maybe, like maybe building a rocket ship, right? Like that might take a little bit longer. Um, you might want to double the time or something. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I mean, I, like if you wanted to create like a, a music video, right? And you wanted to write a song for, you know, and like release it to like everyone, you could probably figure out how to do that in about four to eight weeks if you really set your mind to it. If you didn't get distracted, if it was impossible for you to get distracted and like all all you really needed was like the right research to like figure out how you were going to do this, you know, what freelancers you were going to reach out to, you know, who you were going to hire to, you know, to help you do it. Um, you know, if you were going to do, if you were even going to hire them, or if you just wanted to learn it all from scratch, you could do that too. And I think you could pretty much do, you know, anything you see out there in about, uh, four to eight weeks. Like, any content you've seen being created by someone else that you think, oh, this, you know, I could never do this. This is so beautiful. You know, oh, look at that, you know, that beach in the background and they're surfing and they're like the perfect surfer. 
I'm not saying you could like learn how to surf in four to eight weeks, but like you could you could give it a pretty good try. Like you could look up a lot of uh, techniques online. You know, you could you could make a at least a funny video about surfing if you really wanted to. And I think like a lot of people, you know, because you can just like look at all these videos of other people surfing, of other people doing these amazing things, it kind of fulfills our own need for, you know, that experience because we're able to experience it vicariously. And also, you know, just like the trouble that it would actually take to pull that off is kind of annoying, right? Because you have all of these videos right in front of you, all of this content right in front of you. It makes it very easy to just kind of like ignore your own impulse to just want to go out and really do it, to really tackle it. Because you're just like, ah, oh, man, like, well, it would just be so much trouble. Would it even be worth it? You know, these people already did it better, right? So there's like a million things stopping you, a million things distracting your intention from actually committing to it. Um, but I think that's, that's just kind of like an interesting fact is that like, you pretty much could do it if you really, if you were able to set your mind to it, you could pretty much accomplish anything in four to eight weeks, but you'd have to kind of like download the guide, you know, the best guide for it, you know, go out, spend like a day, spend a full day researching the best way to do the thing you want to do, download the guide or the videos or whatever to your desktop and then shut off your internet, right? And then just be like, okay, you know, I got my very valuable materials that no one in the history of the world has been able to get so fast, right? And at such a high quality. Like, these are precious materials. Like, 40 years ago, could you get, like, an expert's guide to, you know, making marketing videos, uh, you know, or, like, starting a business or, or, you know, building a skateboard or whatever you want to do? You couldn't, right? But now you can. But the problem is you have to shut off the internet after that, right? Because there's too much gold pouring out of it. You know, it all just goes down the drain. You know, you're not able to hold on to any of it. Um, but if you can just download that gold <laughs> and put it aside and then turn off the faucet, then you can actually focus on it. So I think that's just interesting to think about. The last thing I, I want to talk about, about why the internet sucks, is the attention economy. So right now, a lot of people, a lot of, you know, people who know more than me talk about this economy, our current economy of, you know, Facebook, Instagram, you know, internet culture, memes, everything. It's the internet, it's the, uh, sorry, <laughs> the internet economy. It's the attention economy, right? It's all about how many eyeballs can get, you get on you and for how long. And if you're able to get a lot of eyeballs on you for a very long time over, you know, years and years, you can make millions of dollars, right? I mean, you look at some of the YouTube stars out there or Instagram stars out there, influencers, like they're able to bring in millions of dollars a month just based on the amount of eyes they're able to attract. And I wanted to just talk about what that means when the goal of an entire network, an entire platform is designed around uh, basically getting your attention and keeping it. And I think it's important to keep in mind that even though they're invisible, there are algorithms that are specifically designed on Facebook, on Twitter, on all these social networks for keeping our attention and for keeping us engaged. 
and they're invisible, and we kind of accept them because, you know, they, they, there's a positive feedback loop there, right? It's something that we're, they're going to pop up things that are interesting to us, that are engaging to us, so we kind of like that. But at the same time, it's important to realize that, like, these don't have our best interests in mind. These invisible algorithms aren't trying to, you know, set us up for the best possible future. These algorithms are trying to get our attention and keep that attention for as long as they possibly can because that's how they make money. And um, I don't know if that's good, you know? I think that for the, for the internet, for the internet as a platform, sure, that's good. There's going to be more money invested in the internet, more time invested in building up the internet and, you know, different apps around it. I think that's great for the internet, you know, that all our, our, all our attention is, is directed at it instead of, you know, at nature or, or sports or accomplishing, you know, great works. <laughs> but as far as, like, what about for, like, the individual, you know, is, is it actually healthy and good for the individual? And I think that probably not, but also probably so, right? And I think it's actually one of the best things for the individual, the attention economy. Because if you think about it, it means that, you know, you might have to work very, very, very hard and you might have to get in early on a certain platform. But you can, as an individual, become successful, become really, really successful. If you're able to maintain that focus and create something new and compelling every day and build up an audience that cares about what you have to say, you can have a voice and you can have power on the internet. And so I think that's amazing for the individual. Never in the history of the world <laughs> has there been something like so widely distributed and so based on, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> meritocracy, right? And like, it's a weird kind of meritocracy because it's not really like, are you doing the best for people? It's like, can you keep people's eyeballs on you and like attention on you and make them feel good about themselves and you know, their lives and not think about the problems in their lives. It's a very, like, you know, iffy, um, uh, you know, statement of, of good. I think it's not actually necessarily good, but for a lot of influencers, it is, right? They're contributing positively to society. They're giving back, you know, they're engaging with their, you know, their followers and their fans, and they're creating, you know, useful or at least entertaining content, right? And I think that's amazing. And so I'd say for the individual, it's a net positive. But I think for, if you're not creating, if you're not putting yourself out there, if you're just a consumer of the internet platform, I think it might be a net negative. Um, because I, I just think, uh, you know, you might not be learning as much as you think you are, <laughs> and you might not be, um, you know, participating in your, in your life actively, you know, as much as you want to. Um, you know, a Facebook comment or an Instagram comment or an Instagram heart, it doesn't really count for anything a week from now or a year from now. Um, whereas if you're giving back to a community and helping support it and helping nurture it, I think that's, you know, something of a different type or a different scale. Um, and I don't know, I, I sound a little bit judgmental here, but I do think that, like, a lot of people, if they sat down and thought about it, would admit that, like, social media is kind of detrimental to their mental health. Um, you know, it, I think it doesn't have to be, but I think a lot of the time it turns, out, it turns into that, right? And it's not like on purpose, and it's not like, you know, in, in engaging with your family or your friends 
is a bad thing by any means. It's just like, you know, how much is enough? So I just want to finish up with, um, with if the internet will change and how it will change. And I think that just being intentional about how you approach the internet and um, really putting actual care into what you do uh, are the two main things. Because I think what's better than attention and what's better the, than the attention economy, and I think something that people are realizing very soon, is that care is what they really want. They really want a small community that cares about them. You, you know, they want, um, you know, friends uh, that care about them online. And I think, you know, that is what's compelling around a lot of these social networks already. But I think the smaller communities, um, <clears throat> you know, the smaller a community is, the more able it's, uh, you know, the more it's able to nurture someone and really show them true care. And so I think that's going to be really important. And also just like before you sit down on the computer, considering what you're going to use that, you know, that time for. If it's going to be creating time, do that. If it's going to be wasting time, do that. And like even give yourself, you know, five hours a day if you want to waste time, but be really intentional about that one hour that you're going to use to create or that you're going to use to research. I think that's, you know, really the most important thing when it comes down to, down to it. Um, and I just wanted to mention at the end of this that um, this video was inspired <laughs> by a uh, squirrel um, obstacle course video by Mark Rober. It's currently number three <laughs> trending on YouTube. And it just inspired me so much because uh, this guy set aside a lot of time to do something really fun and really creative. And I was like, why do I never do that? Why do I never, you know, even though I have this amazing platform uh, to learn things and to, and to share things, and I have, you know, life right in front of me, I can do anything I want. Why do I never create something really fun and engaging, you know, just for the sake of it? Um, so, yeah, shout out to my, Matt, uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, Mark, shout out to Mark Rober uh, and his amazing squirrel optical, optical course video. Obstacle course video. Okay, thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.